We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Wire Fantasy Football Podcast for Monday, December 2nd. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Chris Liss. As always, our podcast is sponsored by Yahoo Fantasy Sports. Week 13, almost in the books. One more game left. Last regular season game for a lot of leagues, especially the NFFC. Some leagues I have where we, we only have four playoff teams go that one more week. But basically, this is a huge week. How'd it go for you, Chris? Uh, mediocre. My best NFFC team won. I'm going to win. I think if, if you tie in record and have the most points, I think you get the 1500, but other NFFC couldn't get it done. Couldn't make the playoffs. had a chance, couldn't cash in. And then I'm in the playoffs in the uh, friends and family, unless something weird happens. I think I'm, I think it's locked in pretty much. And then, uh, the other, the other two stake league, I'm in big trouble. I don't even want to look. <laughs> <laughs> I've been lax about that team, but Hopefully, you know, Melvin Gordon or Zeke Elliott can score a touchdown one of these days, but, um, eight and seven against the spread. I was eight and three and I lost the last four games badly. So it's, you know, it, it could have been worse. It could have been worse. It was sort of a, an average week, I would say. Okay. 
Okay. You'll have to take that. That's what you'll have to accept. Uh, Stakely, you know, defense has been huge for me in that league. I got Cam Jordan. He, he had four sacks on Thursday night. You know, I, I, every week I get a pretty good work out of uh, my linebacker. Uh, I, I, and I picked up uh, a really good def- defensive back uh, from Tennessee. And, of course, I'm so stupid. I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now. Uh, Ryan from Tennessee. And, you know, he keeps on getting interceptions and all that. So uh, that's been working. I had like 50 combined fantasy points uh, from my uh, from just from my IDPs. Yeah, that's what I'm not. That's like my weakness. And usually I, I do well there. I've got Aaron Donald and he's just okay. Cause they get double teamed. And then I've got Levante David who I picked up and Jamie Collins, neither of whom Jamie Collins was crushing it, but not for me. I picked him up and then he got me one point. I keep putting the wrong guy and I got Eric Weddle. It's my safety, but it's just been, uh, I've been leaving a lot of points on the table defensively. I started Kyler Murray over to Sean Watson this week. That hurt. Zeke Elliott can't score a touchdown. Melvin Gordon can't score a touchdown very often. My receivers kind of suck. Kelsey's not as good as maybe he could be. So I'm in trouble, man. I might have to shell like 250 bucks this year for steak. Oh, no. I have uh, Logan Ryan, by the way, as the defensive back. He's been pretty awesome. Uh, Darius Leonard has been great. I paid for him, uh, and that worked out pretty well. Uh, Funny thing is I – Paid up a couple extra bucks for Buddha Baker, and I actually was going against him this week because I dropped him. Someone else picked him up. I dropped him. I think he got hurt or something like that, and was kind of down. But that was a mistake. But anyways, uh, I I did okay this week despite Chris Godwin doing nothing, DJ Chark doing nothing, uh, you know, just and Lev Bell doing nothing for that matter too. It was all because of the IDPs. I mean, it's just so funny that IDPs and I I have Tucker, and he's like money for like seven eight points every week, and sometimes you get fifteen. Yeah, yeah. I I'm in trouble, man. I am in big trouble. Yeah. Uh let's talk Baltimore Niners because that was the game of the week. Uh mentioned Tucker and you just knew there was no chance of him missing that field goal. You know, it, most teams I'd be castigating him for playing for the 49-yard field goal just cuz they purposely did it so time would run out. They got that last first down. They go, "Okay, this is what we're going to do." They got a little nervous because they lost uh, some yards on first down, but they got it back to basically like fourth and ten, and he nails it. And like it's it's like not even a thing. It's like they knew it was going to be money, and it was all along you knew it was going to be good. Right down the middle. I mean, that guy is so great. He's such a great player. Like Vinatieri, fine, put him in the Hall of Fame because of his clutch kicks, but he was just a good kicker who just happened to, you know, be really you know, money in the key situations, and that's fine. But Justin Tucker is so much better than Vinatieri ever was. He's by far the best kicker in the history of the NFL. Not only is he the most accurate, but he's taken a ton of kicks from distance. Mm-hmm. So his accuracy, it's kind of like shooting 52% from the floor, but you're a three-point shooter in the NBA. Like he's, he's not a dunker. He's a long-distance shooter. And it's just he's, he's so good. And, and I do think it's a big advantage for the Ravens. I don't know. I'm sure – the Rufus Peabody's or people even more than him have calculated the impact of kickers generally to be pretty mild, but somebody who I, I, my feeling is that, and we talked about this with Jerry Donabedian today on the show, that Tucker's underrated in his real life value, that he's, that he's one of the more valuable non quarterbacks in the league. Like right. maybe like the 40th most valuable non quarterback in the league or something like that. Like it's crazy high how valuable he is. It is. It, it really is. And the thing about, see, and I think it's not just all the made field goals, although that obviously helps, but also 
you know, they can play call like 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 yesterday. They can go once they get in position. All right. You know, the other team's out of timeouts. We just got our first down. We're going to play for this kick and we know it's going to be good. They don't have to take any sort of risk at late in games if they don't want to. You know, I right. think about it, all the picks that are thrown that might, you know, be avoided if you knew your kicker's money from 50 and in and probably right. 55 and in. Right. That's that's exactly kind of what I'm getting at there. It's like, yeah, it's just this luxury. And not to mention, you know, they never have to think about, you know, they can just focus on other positions. You know, there, there's never, ever any tryouts at that position. They're just, we've got Justin Tucker. We're good. Yeah, it's 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 so crazy. And it's so funny. I don't think Pete and Ken didn't bet me this year. You know, they were like, oh, kicker scoring is random. I'm like, all right. Why don't we bet that Justin Tucker's a top seven kicker this year in fantasy? Like every year, I, I'm like, anyone who wants to contend that kicker scoring is random, uh, I'll say that he's you know a top seven kicker, and that's a crazy bet to be on the other side of with even money, right? Like why, uh, you know, I think I might even give them like five to four odds or something like that. Like why would you want to bet against that? It's he's not the average kicker, and I think there's a huge point. We're doing analysis that the average thing, the thing that's true on average is not true in every case. And he's like such a great example of that. He's the Mariano Rivera of kickers. Yeah, he, he really is. Uh, and it's, it, it's just gotta be, it's just this huge, huge luxury. He's not always going to have the most field goals, uh, but he's just going to make, in fact, he doesn't have that many this year, only 22, but he's only well, missed one. And it's just, yeah, he, it's not just that it's, he's got a ridiculous number of extra points. He's 44 leading extra points. Yeah. He's got 44. He missed one of those too. slacker. He's got eight more extra points than the next highest kicker. Right. That's, that's where he's making his money this year, which is weird because the Ravens usually aren't that kind of team. Yep. So, uh, in it, fact, it, this is his only his one and a half years without Joe Flacco as his quarterback. That's right. That's right. Uh, well, Hey, weird how that works out. Strange. Weird. Uh, yeah, he's got Harrison Butker has actually outpointed him by two points. Uh, it's 112 to 110, yeah. and Will Lutz is actually but tied if, with him also. But if you do the distance, it might be, I don't know, you have to look at the NFBC. Right, right, yeah. Um, it, point is, you're right. The top four point getters in the NFL are all kickers. There's Butker, there's Tucker, there's Lutz. Can you name the fourth? Uh, Zane Gonzalez? Yes, well, good poll. Well done. I They've picked had, him up and he got me a point this week, so I know who he is. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's really, you know, generally he's kind of, uh, you know, they the Cardinals are had that big stretch where they settled for all those short field goals early in the season. So that makes sense. But, uh, yeah, and actually almost every top point getter in the NFL is a kicker. It's uh, McCaffrey's at five, and then you have to go down to uh, 12 for the next highest Points. Aaron Jones or somebody. Yep, exactly. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, 14 touchdowns on the year, none yesterday. Probably heard some people there. I saw some complaining on Twitter, uh, including some of our own peeps. It's like, but he had a touchdown callback. He was like, I'm aware of that. It doesn't matter for my fantasy purposes, though. <laughs> it's like, true. So Will Lutz, number one in NFFC, 132.2. Butker, 131.9. And then Tucker, third, 126.3. Matt Gay, number four, 120, Tampa's kicker. Mm-hmm. So he's Tucker's made some long six ones points off the pace. But like, so you don't know, you know, Bucker was a pretty safe bet because of the Chiefs and Lutz was a pretty safe bet too. So, I mean, if you took those guys, that's great. But like, I think I took Tucker in like the 13th or 14th round. I think 13th round. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's totally worth happy it. with that. Give me a top three kicker in the NFFC in the 13th round. 
I don't care. You know, it's fine. Yeah, that's absolutely right. Um, uh, I, I got Butker in the classic. That's, it's nice. That, I, I think he was like the third or fourth kicker taken. And I was glad I took the plunge on that. You know, I got lucky. I got Butker and I got the Pat's defense. Pat's defense is slowing down, but getting, you know, having those marginal points ahead of the competition is so huge. I, I think you're in better shape. I mean, so the Pat's got you to the playoffs, basically. It got you a couple of wins, make sure you get in the playoffs. But now I don't think they're a significant advantage. Oh, I agree. I agree. They, they do <laughs> they're play, hurting I think right they now. do play the Dolphins again, but they, uh, but just, you know, they're not all those defensive touchdowns, all the craziness early on. Um, so it's like, okay, great. I'm, if you're in the playoffs, then it doesn't really matter how you got there. It would actually good is if you're in the playoffs and you have like Alvin Kamara or someone that nobody else in the playoffs has, if you somehow got to the playoffs with some weird guys and mm-hmm. that's the guy that pulls the Derrick Henry this year, that's the guy that goes crazy. The guy that didn't do very well, then nobody, most people who had that guy didn't make it. Right. So I'm looking to my guys that like, maybe, you know, this guy's going to go off. I mean, my guys mostly, they're probably on uh, winning teams, but that's what you want. You know, if McCaffrey goes off, that's not going to help you that much. Right. Exactly. Uh, and so that's the thing is like, I've got the Pats and I've got the Panthers and I thought it'd be pretty good with that. Panthers have a lot of sacks and all that, but the Panthers, I mean, they are just on another swoon again, just like last year. Didn't they lose like nine in a row to finish the year last year? I think they're on yeah, a, they they're on a similar sl- slump right now. They've lost the last four. They're giving up lots of points too. I mean, they gave up 29 points to the Redskins and they were kind of lucky that it wasn't 31 drop that drop two point conversion. You know, and they, I think they had a couple of short field goals mixed into there. Uh, they could have lost, they could have given up more. It is interesting. I was just, I never really, I didn't think about this hard enough, but like I have Daryl Henderson who so far from being valuable because Gurley looks healthy and then yep. Malcolm Brown's the clear backup right now. But if Gurley got hurt and they just were splitting carries or Henderson took over, it'd be the kind of guy that like could go crazy and then nobody would have. Yeah. Like, that's probably not the greatest example. Darwin Thompson's probably the better one because he's going to have more of a chance this week. But if you had picked up Darwin Thompson, if you just stashed him before week 13, I mean, he was far from contributing all year. And now if he's the guy that goes off, you're the only one in the playoffs that has him if you stashed him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And that could be huge, huge advantage is, yeah, you want it, especially if you're trying to make up a little bit of ground, you know, it, it, it's, it's huge to have that as like the, you're the only person that can roll with them and all that. It could be monsters. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of like DFS at this point where ownership matters. Yeah. Uh, and I'm reading a quote from uh, Andy Reid on him. Says uh, the more he carries it and gets a better feel th- for things, that the, the, I think the better he'll be. I thought it was important he was in with the number one line and against their defense, their starting defense. It was I thought it was important he got as many carries as possible. Yeah, that's that's all trending pretty good. The only thing that was a negative is he he was the one that was called for a holding penalty when the Chiefs uh, had a touchdown called back. Uh, if, and if you recall, uh, it was a kind of a weak call. Like he had his hand, like brush the other guy's ankle. It looked like it didn't look like it was a full on grab. I could be wrong, but they could have said it was a trip, I suppose. But, you know, as we saw with Ronald Jones and the bucks pass, pass protection or the lack thereof can lose you playing time. Yeah. I mean, if you're a rookie, you know, a lot of times veterans screw up and right. 
They're right. two veterans or second or third year guys. Someone you have a, a locked in opinion about. Same thing with OJ Howard right. on that team. Locked too. in opinion. Someone who has the respect of his teammates has been there a while. Is well known. The coach is giving up some credibility and or um, it's gonna he's gonna pay a political price for singling this guy out. He's popular. He's well liked. Mm-hmm. You know, like the players will feel like un, it's unjust on his behalf. Much easier to just throw the rookie who. You know, nobody's really had as much of a bond with under the bus. Yeah. Chiefs at Pats next week. What are you going to do with Mahomes? I guess you start Mahomes, you start Kelsey, you start Hill, even though. I, th- I think Watson taught us the lesson. Don't screw around. Like right. If it's Pats are good. The Pats aren't. The Pats played such crap teams. I mean, they played such bad teams early in the season. The they Luke did. Falk Jets, the Josh Rosen Dolphins, the. Maybe it was Fitzpatrick. I can't remember, but they played like the worst of the worst and they accumulated all these stats. They played Daniel Jones on a Thursday night when he was missing all his receivers. I mean, they had the easiest schedule ever. And then, you know, Lamar Jackson did fine against them passing, but it really lit him up on the ground. And then Watson lit them up. So I don't know. I mean, he, they did well against Prescott, but in a bad weather game at home. So I, I think I'd probably start Mahomes. The only negative is that Mahomes did not look like himself this past week. The Chiefs, they blew out the Raiders, but the Chiefs have not been last year's Chiefs since week two. No, they haven't. It's a parallel to the Rams, except the, the drop-off the drop hasn't been as steep. Well, yeah, the, the Rams are the worst. The Chiefs weren't that bad. Even with Matt Moore, they weren't as bad as the Rams are most of the year. But the Rams just showed it. The Rams just... <laughs> it seemed like they didn't miss a beat from last year. Something, something clicked. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, yeah. And the, meanwhile, the chiefs defense is making plays. It's, it's so funny. Uh, at least against uh, Derek Carr. And that, that was part of it. Yeah. There. Uh, I think Derek Carr struggles in cold weather too. So I think that was part of it. I don't know. It'll be, it's an interesting game. Chiefs at, at uh, Pats. I got to figure out whether to start Brady in that game or Andy Dalton at Cleveland probably won't do that. Or Mayfield hosting the Bengals. So it's Mayfield or Brady. Or banged up Mayfield at that. Yeah, I think he's all right, though. He came yeah. back in the game. It wasn't. He... Yeah, that's true. He, he did come back, and they did say we had that clip on the XM show today saying it wasn't a big deal. But he got lucky. He did bang his hand on the helmet there. And his, his numbers were pretty, pretty bad. I mean, granted. Well, Pittsburgh's Pitt- defense is really good. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. But. In fact, if I just, I just like the Browns, here's, here's why I probably go Brady instead of Mayfield is the Browns could Mayfield could have a monster game. If it becomes like a playground type of thing, mm-hmm. just chucking it deep to Odell Beckham, Andy Dalton chucks it deep. You know, it just becomes a shootout. I could see that game being a shootout. I could also see it being like 16 to 13. See either way, but the Browns are so unprofessional that if it's any kind of organized game, there's just no rhythm. There's just no sustained um, there's just no sustained execution of plays with the Browns. Whereas Brady in KC hosting KC, I do, I think he'll, they'll, he'll just do what he did last, you know, last night and just basically like throw a lot of short passes. If they get desperate, he'll throw it down the field, but it'll just throw 50 passes because they can't run the ball. Right. That's right. Um, meanwhile, yeah. It, meanwhile, the, uh, Bengals quietly have allowed 17, 16, and six points respectively the last three weeks against the Raiders, Steelers, and Jets. Not juggernaut offenses, but neither are the Browns. Browns have the personnel. That's the thing that's so damn annoying. 
they they should be able to put up 30 points every week. You get Beckham, you get Landry, you get Chubb, Hunt. I mean, that's a that's a good base. Mayfield hasn't been been that, and the offensive line clearly is just not that great. Yeah, bad offensive line, bad coach, and it's just not a professionally run team. It's just not in rhythm. There's no execution. And NFL football, again, like if Mayfield isn't mobile enough to do the Russell Wilson thing where he can just run around and chuck it, either, right. you know, he's can move a little bit. Man, but it's 10th. I mean, the Cincinnati, Cleveland, it could go super high or it could be the weather's going to be an issue now. Now in December, that's the other thing is, you know, we, we think of these players and fantasy football, like it's September, but yeah. if the weather's windy and cold and snowy, it's going to have an effect. You know, you're, you're not going to get quite as much out of your guys. Right. The ground's harder when you get hit, when you land on the ground, all that sort of stuff in your five and seven too, you start feeling like it's slipping away and, you know, you can't like dial it down or you're going to get hurt. Um, but at the same time, they're not extra revved up. That's for sure. Yeah. I, I keep thinking the Browns, like, okay, now they're really out of it. Now they can just relax and just put a beat down on the Bengals and the Bengals are satisfied. They didn't go winless. Like it's fine. You know, now they're in Cleveland. They're sort of probably celebrating their win. They're, they're kind of going to go easy in the Browns. This is when Mayfield throws five touchdowns and OBJ has 200 yards and three touchdowns. You say that, but I've been saying that every week about the Browns. Right. I've been saying it after a while, but just kind of thinking it could happen. And it just doesn't. It just doesn't happen. That's right. You know, the Bengals are at risk of missing out on the first overall pick. I mean, I, I, I the Giants are still they are only have two wins. Uh, now, I think that's it. Yeah. The Jets and the Redskins and the Dolphins all have three. But the, the Bengals schedule, one game's a sure loss at the Browns, home against the Pats. At the Dolphins, home against the Browns. I mean, they could win three more games. They probably right. won't win. They could win one or they could win none also. But it's interesting that they, the Giants, the Giants have the pole position. The problem is the Giants don't need the first week. They don't need a quarterback. I, I don't care what anyone says. I'm sold on Daniel Jones. They just have to, they just have to give him an offensive line. And you know what? If, if they beef up the offensive line this year and he's bad, you know, he doesn't show a lot of improvement, which I think he will because he's got good weapons. Um, then, you know, go get the uh, what's the guy's name in 2000? Chase Young. Oh, or, oh, you're talking Trevor Lawrence in 2021. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying get Trevor. Like, basically, don't worry about a quarterback now. I think Daniel Jones will be the guy and you won't need any of these guys. But beef up the offensive line. Give him a real shot. And then if he's still bad, then go and get uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and there's a lot of talent. At other positions this year's draft, too. I mean, that, that's the thing is they don't need a cornerback. But if they get the first overall pick, they can have a king's ransom for that pick, too, because, you know, there's like eight teams that want that pick. Right. So. I would love that if they just traded down and got like, you know, a first and a second and the next year's first for it or something like that. That'd be great. Yeah, um, I, I, I think. I think they could. I think they could get quite a bit for it. So, uh, yeah, you know, they're in good shape. I mean, the thing is, having the second pick's pretty damn good, too. Get Chase Young. Get that pass rusher. I mean, the Giants have needs everywhere. So do the Bengals. Yeah, no, the Giants need – here's what the Giants need. They did get a cornerback last year, DeAndre Baker, but he's been a little sketch. I don't know it's because there's no pass rush and mm-hmm. whatever else. But it, they could use an edge rusher, a, a another corner – and they could use multiple offensive linemen, definitely a left tackle center. 
They get they, they yeah. need a lot. I, mean, I, I think left tackle and edge rusher are the premium things that they probably pay up for. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, it would be amazing if they, had the first, if they had the first pick, and it was one of those things where somebody like the Bengals traded up from the second pick, which would be idiotic because they should just hold on to it. But they they traded up because they're the ones who need a QB, and they got like a second. You know, they, they no, they got they Dalton. Got they're year. fine. Yeah, they're fine. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, yeah. The thing is, there are other quarterback, good quarterbacks in this draft, and you know, I, I, I think they could be on the twenty twenty one path too. I'll say this: it's hard to be so bad that you're guaranteed the top overall pick. You have to have some severe anti luck to lock in the number one pick and ensure yourself that look at the dolphins. The front office did everything they could trade wise tank wise to get rid of players. But Brian, you know, they're playing hard. They're, they're a good team right now. They're the Brian Flores is a good coach. It seems like it. It definitely seems like it. So the thing is the dolphins, people are taking odds. Like what are they going? Oh, and 16, like they're, you know, and I think Rufus or somebody was like, now, I have them as a major underdog to go 0 and 16. This is like when they were 0 and 7 or whatever they were before they beat the right. Jets. And it's like, well, this is why. Yeah, you can win. The other thing is that it just so happened that this year the Bengals play the Dolphins. The Dolphins obviously play the Jets twice, that those were two of the teams. The Bengals played the Jets. Yep. The Redskins and Giants play twice each. One of the Giants wins was against the Redskins. The, the NFC Giants plays played. East, plays the AFC East. I mean. Yeah. So. Th- the Giants play are going to play the Dolphins still, so it's like there's there's a lot of like matchups between the worst teams. Yeah, that's right, and that's one of the good things for the Bengals too is the Giants play the Dolphins, so that's one one more game, and the Giants play the Redskins one more time too. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah, so and Shermer and Daniel Jones like they want to play well because Daniel Jones like I think he's the guy, but. If you take away the fumbles, he hasn't been that bad. But if you add the fumbles, then he's been pretty bad. Well, and players play, coaches coach, and they're both are trying hard. If they're not trying hard, they're going to lose their job. And yeah. no, they're they're trying hard. They're trying hard. right. And you, you don't want to encourage, you know teach bad play. You don't want to you know not that they're incapable of learning on their own, but you don't want to you know the you know front offices may take pieces away, but coaches are never going to do that. Players are never going to do that. So. Yeah, I I. Uh... I saw a debate. I think it was like Ted Bell uh, and Pienau. And I think Pienau was saying, you know, why, why is Brady in there in the fourth quarter? Or Elman for that matter, who's crucial to that team, which I agree with. And Ted Bell was saying, no, it's the culture, man. You gotta, you can't be doing that. And I sort of see the point of that because it's sort of like you can always get hurt. And if you get hurt on that one play where the game was in hand, you're like, ah, oh, that was so dumb. You know, that was so mm-hmm. pointless, but it's not pointless. If there is a point to it, then, okay, well, he got hurt, but he could have got hurt during some other series where there was a point. Any one play, any one series, you know, there's no point to. But the idea that, like, you know, we're here to win, we're here to get good reps, the best possible reps every single time, I think there's something to that. That you're not like, oh, it's injury time. Oh, it's, we've gotten past the – my spreadsheet says we've gotten past the threshold for uh, for win safety. Let's take you out for, to minimize injuries. Like – yeah, you're optimizing for injury minimization to a teeny degree, right? I mean, the odds that in that one blowout your guy gets hurt is slim. But you, you are optimizing. There's a slightly higher chance he gets hurt if he's playing rather than not playing for that five- or ten-minute stretch. But you're optimizing for one thing, but are you optimizing overall long-term for, for winning? 
because right. you may get guys who are soft or it's like, Hey, why aren't, why aren't we pulling our guys out? Isn't it time for me to rest now? You know, it, it, there's something to that that I think is a little like antithetical to sort of, you know, playing 60 minutes and winning games. Yeah, that's right. Uh, all that said, Grant got hurt blocking on a, on an extra point. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, I mean, there, yeah, there's, there's a happy medium. Could happen. It could happen. I don't know if there's a happy medium. I mean, what's the happy medium for the Patriots? They won six Super Bowls. That's also good. That's also true. With Gronk getting hurt on the extra point. Yeah, that's it, true. It, the, the point isn't that there's no greater. The point isn't that well, the Patriots won't get hurt in those situations, just that it's a small likelihood and it can happen like it did with Gronk. But overall, what's the price you pay for making that a conscious thing that you're concerned about and putting that in your players' heads and making that a thing? Maybe that price is more expensive than one injury in the last 10 years under, you know, unfortunate circumstances. I agree with that. I think, I think, I think Ted makes a good point with all that. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess. I mean, I just, sometimes the game is over and sometimes the stakes are low enough. I don't know. Just, it, it's just it, that you, you, you can't always isolate. Like it might be a hundred percent incorrect when it's 35 to seven and there's five minutes left. Of course the game's over, but you can't, you can't necessarily isolate the effects of removing players for safety. You might remove players because their work is done. You know, that's kind of a different thing. Not because well, it's just that you start to play for safety. Well, right. The whole and the thing, thing is, is you like, take out some players and it has effect on the players still left on the field too. Say you take out the best left tackle, you don't, don't replace, but then, but you leave a running back in, that could be a problem. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't think it's crazy to take him out. I just think that there is sort of a holistic argument of like, we do things this way and we don't optimize. We don't like optimize within, um, within our whole mission for things like injury minimization. Right. You know, obviously the, the injury minimization is built in through, you know, proper conditioning, proper, uh, technique, things like that, you know, are part of injury minimization, proper effort. Um, and then to start to have the coach get involved and start to individually decide to pick out players because so-and-so could get hurt. You know, you could see that that's sort of like a, adding a sort of meddling with like the, the way they do things. Yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. Before we move on, and I want to talk Pats in a second, but for sports and betting fans in the New Jersey area, this is the moment you've been waiting for. Sports betting is available today on Yahoo Sports and the Yahoo Sports app, powered by BetMGM. Yahoo Sportsbook, powered by BetMGM, allows fans nationwide to view betting odds across a variety of sports. And users of legal age to bet in the state of New Jersey can click through the odds to place bets on BetMGM. New users, 21 or older, in New Jersey can make their first $10 deposit and receive $100 in free bets. Go to BetMGM.com Yahoo to get started and for full offer terms and conditions. Also, Yahoo Daily Fantasy continues to launch new fantasy contests every day. Visit yahoo.com slash daily fantasy to enter an NFL, NBA, or NHL contest today. So speaking of bets and paths and money lines and, or, and just odds, I was way, way, way wrong on Pats and Texans. I actually picked the, the Pats to cover on this one. I thought it would be comfortable. I was fading Bill O'Brien. Um that broadcast last night was a little bit nauseating. Like, oh, Bill O'Brien may not have had the success against Bill Belichick. And he's made these trades, dot, 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 without any context. You know, it's like, you know, like they needed the guy. He got the guy. Doesn't mean it was a good trade, though. But, you know, it's just they're talking about. And 
I was like, oh, I want to really, really rag on Bill O'Brien, but they smoked the Pats last night. Yeah, I it was. I took the Pats also laid the wood. I made him a super contest pick. I wasn't like crazy strong on it, but I thought it was. It was only three, right? I think we we got it at three, mm-hmm. and my made the line three and a half, so it seemed decent. But I was you got to be worried if you're a Pats fan. The, their offense they they got going in the end when the Texans just decided not to play defense in garbage time. But that's not a good defense. That's an average defense. Right. There's no clowning. There's no Watt. This is not the Texans defense of a couple of years ago that you draft in the top five fantasy defenses. Right. And they don't run the ball very well. They're okay. James White had a, a good run or two, but James White as a runner is not good reception an and a lot of good receptions, especially late. Ugh. well, it was all garbage time and Brady and James White cleaned up, which was great because I had Brady in the, in my key league, but, um, but that's not the offense. And Edelman got a couple of big plays late also, but this is not a smooth offense. Who do they have to make a play? I mean, I remember Collinsworth was like, well, maybe Matt Lacoste can make a play. And then he did like a 15 right. yard catch, but Matt Lacoste, he was like the giants third string tight end. Oh, you're looking for Matt Lacoste. Ben Watson made a play. He's like 36 years old. Right. I mean, Edelman is 33 and he's not a deep threat. There was, he was Brady was lucky. He didn't get picked a couple times or a couple drop picks. Right. And so, then there was like another play where, Edelman was going across the middle. Brady threw it deep down the sideline. No one was there. And, you know, the defensive yep. back couldn't get over there in time. And, you know, he peeled off Edelman when we saw the ball in the air. But he kind of just threw it up there. I mean, yeah. And, you know, you could see it. And the broadcast did well to capture it that Brady was getting so frustrated with the lack of separation that there was just nobody open. Yeah, there were times when he, the offensive line did play a lot better. Like, they, there were times when he was, like, kind of standing back there and looking and looking and looking. It reminded me when they lost to the Jets – in that playoff game in 2010, the Revis Jets. Yep. And there was no real pass rush for a while. And Brady was like kind of getting a happy feet, jumping around. Like, who do I throw to? And he had like five seconds. He's like looking, looking, looking. And then he just threw it at someone's feet because he had to get rid of it. But it was a little bit like that. And then the opposite side, obviously the Patriots' defense is much better than the Texans. But Deshaun Watson is throwing on the move. He's got Hopkins who needs to be double teamed. He's got Fuller who – could have you could have kept that touchdown, but they said he didn't hold it quite long enough. And then the next play Stills. or two plays later, Kenny Stills gets the same thing. I mean, they have playmakers. Duke Johnson is there. James White basically they don't use him as much, but he can do that. It just it just seemed like you you were dealing with like a much more advanced version, and neither team could really run it. So they're all throwing. So do you want the Brady Edelman, you know, Matt Lacoste? James White version? Do you want the one with DeAndre Hopkins and uh, Kenny Stills and Will Fuller and Duke Johnson? And, and clearly, with you know, you want the Texans version. Yeah, you did, and they did what uh, they did a really good job of trying to isolate, you know, trying to attack the not the to- avoid the top two corners and attack everybody else, and that seemed to work pretty yeah, well. Well they, well, they had three. You know, they have. I mean, Stills isn't that great, but he's fast. Yeah. So they had three good options and and they were really trying to take away Hopkins for a while. But yeah, I mean, we'll see. I I wrote this week in the observations that if the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year, it'll be some next level wizardry from Belichick. I was just going to say it might be his best job yet. Uh, I'll say this because this team is not that good and the defense is good, but I think it's super padded by weak competition. Yeah. I think Foxborough is a fortress still. I think that's going to be. 
you know, something that's a huge thing that swings in their favor and they're going to get at least one home game. They may, they probably, they might not get two now that uh, the Ravens are the top seed right now. But if if the playoffs started today, the Pats would get a two seed, they get a bye. Yep. And then you'd have like the chiefs would be, it'd probably be the the Texans or the three, I think. Texans are the Chiefs. Three Chiefs four, and then the the five and six, you know, Buffalo, and then maybe Pittsburgh, say, Pittsburgh right. or Tennessee or whoever. And so, okay, so opening round, you may get, you know, Houston and, and Kansas City, and then you end up Kansas City ends up going or Houston. Well, Houston in in uh, in Gillette Stadium, I, I think the Pats would figure that out, and that's what I think and, too. I mean, I always you the know weather the weather would be ugly, and Watson would get knocked around a bit and it would be ugly. Uh, I think though, if, if the Titans came in there, I mean, maybe the Patriots would just figure out Tannehill and crush him, but man, that, that's like, you know, if the weather's bad, the Titans are not the team you want to face in bad weather, put it that way. Yeah. I still don't understand why they let Josh Gordon go. I really don't. I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, obviously I have zero inside information, but I could see Belichick. I could see him slipping or doing something and Belichick just being like, listen, you're being released and not explaining it, not justifying it, not talking to the media about it and letting him, you know, do his own thing. Right. See that. Or I could see Gordon, you know, when you, even if he didn't slip in that way, you know, if you have problems that are driving you to substance abuse, like obviously you have Jeff, um, you know, maybe you sugar for meetings, caffeine, maybe you've got other yeah. stress, you know, maybe you're, you know, maybe you're not getting the offense. Maybe he's, so I don't know. His numbers were pretty good with Brady, but obviously Belichick saw something either that or just missing something or not getting something that he didn't like. It does seem crazy that they got rid of him. I mean, it seems like they need him, but Belichick is not going to cut someone loose unless he really thinks it's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, it, it, but it is like that's what they need is a guy that's a playmaker. And I know I, that that's why it really it's it's that's why I'm speculating. I have zero inside knowledge, but something had to happen. You know, some so there, there had to be something going on because you know they're keeping you know they, they have like they have Jacoby Myers out on the field for significant snaps now. Yeah, yeah. They do. Uh, they didn't see much in Nikhil Harry last night. It's a little surprised. I thought we'd see more of him, but I guess with Sanu back, that Harry is the guy that loses out. But but Belichick, I mean, he is a genius, and he's the greatest coach in any sport I've ever seen. Right. But a second rounder for Sanu, we'll see. Maybe in the playoffs it'll, it'll all pay off, and you'll be like, wow, that was genius. Second rounder for Sanu, drafting Harry in the first round, drafting Michelle the year before, pick ahead of Lamar Jackson, as people have been pointing out. It's like – Okay, like he's, he's not God. He doesn't have any special. He doesn't have any special insight into the talent of these players. He just knows. Um, I mean, I'm sure he does when he's watching them in practice all the time. But he just knows how to make the right adjustments. He just knows how to devise schemes to attack the weakness of the opponent and play to his strengths. But it's interesting, like how many sort of weird decisions they've made the last couple of years. Right. Right. Um, so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I never want to bet. Never want to bet on uh, bet against uh, uh, Belichick or the or Brady. But man, would you take just, the Ravens or the Pats to to win the AFC right now, straight up, Ravens. even money? Yeah, they're I, the one seed. 
The Ravens still play someone good, though. I was looking at that. They they have, they know they're at Buffalo this week, which is that's no that's no picnic going into Buffalo in December. Right. Oh, I know, I know. It's yeah, that's this week. Um, they've got that. They've got uh, who? They've got they got Pittsburgh and Cleveland. I think besides that, yeah, Pittsburgh's no picnic either. Although at least it's in Baltimore, and they've got the Jets, which should be good for them. Oh, is that Cleveland's the Jets, right? Yeah. They they have Cleveland also. They have and Cleveland beat them. They're the oh. last team to beat them. They put a forty burger on them too, but that was before yeah. they got Marcus Peters and they got Jimmy Smith back. And they're just such a different team now. Yeah, the, the Ravens are definitely better defensively. Yeah. All right. Uh, quick note: armchair quarterback is a real time game where you predict the next play during a live football broadcast. You know what the next play is going to be predicted and earn points, climb the leaderboard and increase your chances to win tickets and other prizes. It's the perfect way to make watching games more exciting. We have a special league for all RotoWire subscribers and we'll be posting a leaderboard online and mentioning them here. This week we're playing tonight for the Monday night game between the Seahawks and the Vikings. You can also form your own league with your fantasy friends. The full schedule and game information is available at armchairquarterback.com. Armchair quarterback, make every game bigger. Couple of news items wanted to talk about before we get out of here. Uh, looks like we may not see much of T.Y. Hilton the rest of the way. Uh, Coach Frank Reich said he's hopeful Hilton will return this season. As teams start to slip out of it, though, this is exactly the type of shutdown you see. They're six and six now. This was a bad loss. They've lost to Houston and Tennessee the last two weeks. Not bad as in it strategically bad. It really hurt them to lose to the two teams directly in their division. They have a weird schedule. They have three games in a row against the NFC South coming up, starting this week against the Bucs. Uh, but you may not see him the rest of the way. And, you know, I, I could see it. They lose one more game. They're done. Yeah, they're out with one more loss. Uh, I, they could win out, though. They're, they're going to take it seriously. It's Obviously, you can't play. I'm bummed I dropped Zach Pascal in both NFFC leagues. One of them's done. Uh, but I dropped him for a kicker in my other NFFC and the one that's in the playoffs that I'm getting a little nervous after he had a hundred yards, a bunch of catches. I wouldn't have started him this week, but they play Tampa, which is like the best matchup for receivers. And if there's no T Y Hilton, Paris Campbell might be back, but even if he is, he's still below Pascal in the pecking order right now because he's a rookie. He's been hurt so much. So I don't, I still probably wouldn't start him this week. I've got too many good receivers, but I'm sort of like, maybe that was the Derrick Henry drop that I made last year. Maybe, maybe so. Although it's so funny with Hill, um, with Pascal, you know, keep, there's been other game, you know, we thought the Houston game would be one where he'd eat against that Houston secondary. Maybe here's the thing that's really changed. Maybe that Houston secondary is better than we're giving it credit. And like, cause this is two weeks in a row where you thought, okay, I got Vernon Hargraves. They were crowing about, they're like, Oh, he's the slot corner now. And maybe that's who knows. I, I think they will be, you never know what defense is, and we don't know the players as well as we know the offensive players. And right, and we don't know if Hargrave's injury is serious. By the way, he got hurt late in that game. Oh, he did get hurt. Yeah, that was that play that and got Ice wiped out teams. by the Edelman pick, where he took out two players on one offensive pass interference. Oh, right, uh, but also Hargrave's was like totally getting abused before he got to Houston. So it's not like oh, you know, it's just it's a name that you know because he was like a high draft pick. Yeah, but who knows? I, I just don't know enough to really. And defense is just harder to measure. It's like measuring defense in baseball. It's like, okay. Yeah. What happens? There's so much defense in the football field where it's like, well, Aaron Donald's double teamed. So what does that do for the rest of the, the rest of the players? Oh, this guy's not double teamed. There, there's so many things that are 
hard to measure in, in a really team oriented sport like football that with defense, it's sort of like, you just, I just, you just use the sample for like three games. The team's playing better. You're like, all right, somebody must be good. Somebody must be making good decisions and playing well. Right. Because the team has shut down these receivers for three games. That's right. And then the other thing too, is like, uh, you know, so like look at the Mika Fitzpatrick situation. The dolphins were playing in one way where he wasn't even on the field. Every play The Steelers changed his role and he's per a perfect fit, you know, and it's, it was worth their first round pick for him. Cause he's, you know, playing at a pro bowl level. It's like, what else could you hope to expect with that first round pick? You, you'd hope right. to get a guy like him. So right. you always trade a first rounder for a, an active pro bowl. Now you lose a year or a year and a half or whatever they lost on him a year and a couple games. So, cause he's a year further into his contract. Right. But so what? I mean, if he, if you get three more years on his con- early, his rookie contract, you're, you're thrilled with that and you're getting, yeah, you're getting a, a first round pick that succeeded. You're not just gambling on a first round pick. There's a lot of risk involved in just getting a first round pick. Only like a third of them really succeed. Maybe a quarter of them are as good as that. So it, it is a good trade to get someone like that for a first round pick. It is. It is. Um, so yeah, yeah, well, uh, that worked out pretty well. Uh, another, so uh, another thing, uh, Jacksonville failed to take advantage of that matchup against the Bucks in part because Nick Foles was horrible, just absolutely horrible. And he's been bad since coming back. All three games have been bad for the Jaguars. Foles now is benched and it's Gardner Minshew back in the starting lineup. Yeah. Minshew's been good enough to merit, you know, final four game audition. I mean, he, he they've got to give him one last shot to see how badly they need a QB. And I think if you have Minshew, you know, you don't want to long-term someone like that yet, but if your pick misses the QBs that you really think are really high probability upside guys, or even decent probability for a lot of upside or high probability to be very good, take a D lineman, take a cornerback, take a offensive lineman. They, they probably need offensive line the most, but you know, Minshew's good enough at least it seems from the sample we've, we've seen, he seems like he's good enough to win with if the rest of the team is good. Yeah, he does. He does. So, uh, and they, they owe it to themselves to see everything possible. Thing is they're on the hook for Foles next year too. So they're going to have this problem again next in the off season. But yeah, I, I kind of think that Foles Foles is a great backup. He's just going to be way too expensive for a backup. Yeah. And he, he came back. Maybe he should never have come back this year. Maybe that's maybe that is part of the issue. I don't know. We'll never know. Um, but maybe we will know. But maybe they know. Uh, a couple other things. John Ross likely returning this week for the Bengals. They're 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 getting better every week. They're getting John Ross back. And maybe they'll get AJ Green. I doubt it. But so much for my uh, Jimmy Chitwood theory. Didn't didn't pan out that way. But uh, you I know, can't he, believe you're. You're libeling AJ Green like that, thinking he's just I'm so turn, cynical. Decides to play because Dalton's back. Yeah, I'm so cynical. It's true, uh, but, but this is another addition for except, the Bengals. Except give give everything, give his health and the best years of his life to your crap team, Jeff. Yeah, and yet you turn on him like this. And I might even abandon the team. It might not even be my team anymore. We'll see. Well, then you could turn on him because then you know, like I don't care. Well, and then he nothing. can join my new team, the Chiefs, and I'll be, uh, it'll be great. But no, he, I doubt that's he'll his be location. like uh, right there with Sammy Watkins. They need another one of those guys. Oh, Sammy Watkins, wow. He, you know, remember the first week what he did, and everyone was like, <laughs> such a tease. Has he even like combined for the same amount of fancy points since then? 
I don't think so. That was just so crazy. Everyone's like, wow. I was like, wow, I really missed the boat on Sammy Watkins. I was like, you know, because when Tyree Hill came back, one. sort of like, yeah, so crazy. And then I was like, oh, and then Tyreek Hill got hurt that game too. So it was like, not only did Sammy Watkins go crazy, but Tyreek Hill is going to be out indefinitely. Right. It was like, holy crap. I have no Sammy Watkins. So Sammy <laughs> Watkins had 46.8 fantasy points in PPR leagues in week one. And I think he's had about 55, 60 since then combined, and including two DNPs, another where he played like two snaps. So really three DNPs, if you think about it there. Just- Oh. You know what? I should have thought of this when Hill got hurt and Watkins went crazy in week one and I was worried about it. It's like never wow, nine for one ninety eight and three. What a monster day. I know was on one. everybody's bench Against, too. Was supposed to be, you know, a really good defense, or at least, you know, Jalen Ramsey was there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it really and then he had like three okay games. And he's been he's had a couple okay games, but nothing like that. This is only touchdowns all year an only 70 yard game, but it's like, it, I want to get beat by the Sammy Watkins drafter. The guy who's hoping for that right. return to like four years ago, you know, like that's, I'm okay with that now in retrospect, even after that week one, you should have said, you know what? I missed that. That's fine. I'm good with missing that. Right. You'd much rather, you know, not get that than miss out on DJ Chark emerging as a guy that you can go to. Now, Chark did little yesterday, but that's see also Nick Foles. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you, you, you definitely don't want to be a year too late on the emerging guy. You want to be a year too early on a Sammy Watkins, you know, and, of course, you weren't. That's the best part. If you had Sammy Watkins and traded him after week one, oh, oh. so sweet. Yeah, it, it was a hard guy to trade, but you probably could have got – I don't know who you could have got after week one, but you, you could have got something something right. better than you gave up. And he went six for 49 the next week, five for 64, three. You know, you're like, okay, right. that's, that's what I'm fine. Saying. Had, like, it was credible. Yeah, it as didn't far kill as you. Go. Receivers do fluctuate. It's not like, you know. Right. But he hasn't scored a touchdown since. No. No, he's, I mean, that was the, the ultimate sell high ever. You probably couldn't have got like a, you probably could have got a third round pick for him, like someone who people drafted in the third round. Yeah. A year ago, maybe, you know, you could have gotten more because, you know, you're like, oh, he's been on all these bad teams. He just needed to get on the right team. Still, you know, because he, he'll always have year oh, two where he went 60 for 10, 47, and nine touchdowns. You're like, yeah, he just needs to be in the right offense. No, that's not yeah. it anymore. Um, yeah. Anything else you're working on uh, before we sign off? What are you working on for East Coast offense? I don't know yet. I was thinking about uh, maybe the Cardinals best bet that I made this week and just talking about the experience of not just being wrong, which, you know, it's easy to be spread as 50, 50, you're wrong on so, so many games and you're rooting for like the chargers. It's totally random, but being just so wrong, so completely wrong. Yeah. And you know, how, how you know, what is that, how that changes your state of mind or your, uh, your process. And it just, I, I think the only thing to do when you're that wrong, you don't want to overreact, but you, you want to like certain narratives that I had, like Sean McVay was overrated. He's not a great coach. You just got sort of discovered this one thing. And I'm thinking, well, maybe he is a really good coach. Maybe it just took him a little longer than right. ideal than was ideal to figure it out. And, you know, Kingsbury, maybe he's just a crap coach 
maybe it doesn't mean that much, but you definitely, you definitely, when you're incredibly, incredibly off base, want to start examining the, uh, the beliefs that went into the prediction that was so wrong. I'll add a sidebar from a reader who I advised, told him to start Ronald Jones over James White. Love Ronald Jones this week. Yeah. Okay. 45 James points. James White. Wow. James White went crazy. Yeah. And Ronald, I mean, it was two, it was, it was like the perfect bad advice. I mean, right. Ronald Jones went horrifically bad and James White went crazy, <laughs> got the garbage time production. But was, the, I think that's less, that guy gave you a very specific question that you didn't ask to answer. Like he specifically came to you with a particular question. I think almost everybody in the industry would have agreed with you. Not everybody in the industry would have made the Cardinals their best bet or even bet on the Cardinals getting three at home. Right. So for you, it, I mean, it's, it was horrible advice. Don't get me wrong. You shouldn't get off the hook. You should be extremely remorseful for what you've done. Oh, I am. But it, it's, you know, it's, to me, it's just like that kind of stuff happens all the time. It does every week. It's the, it's the pride, uh, pride and joy of being a ranker. You get things like that. So, yeah, that'll be a nice little sidebar for your piece there. I'll throw it in the comments or something. Okay. I think that's going to wrap it up. Anything else you want to say before we go? Nope. That's, I'm good, man. All right. Good. You did well. Well done. Uh, thanks to Yahoo for sponsoring us. Tomorrow it's going to be Jake and Joe. Thanks for listening to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.